are good to go. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper. For this segment or for this episode, we're going to be doing season previews. And I've been trying to get a hold of fans from various teams. For this one, we're going to introduce first time making an appearance on Dime Dropper, Pro Pels Talk, part of the Boot Crew Media Show. I think I'm saying that right. Yep. Yeah, um, appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Justin Napoli, appreciate it. I love your stuff. And um, thanks for having me on. Oh, no problem. I, I always love, you know, hearing from authentic fans of a team. So before we get started, I would just like to know, like, how long have you been a Pelicans fan? Were you a fan when they were still the Hornets? You know, you where are you based? All that stuff. Yeah, so born and raised in New Orleans. So I've been a fan since the Baron Davis, David Wesley days, uh, all the way through Chris Paul, even through the Dan Dickow days. Love Dan Dickow, big guy, big fan of his. But yeah, ever since they moved here, um, been a season ticket holder my whole life. So I absolutely love them. Love the Hornets, love the Pelicans. So uh, hopefully we can get it turned around. I know we are, uh, for some reason, the national media does not like us. I don't know why, um, but we've been struggling uh, for a couple of years now. Except when it comes to putting Zion on national TV. They'll <sighs> throw you on there 30 times a season. Hey, views sell, okay? Everyone like gets mad about that. Everyone knows viewership's everything in the NBA. Um, I was going to so I was gonna ask also, just before we get into the 21-22 team, you mentioned so, since you've been a fan for that long. And that's awesome that you had season tickets, too. So like you're a real diehard. But I was going to oh, yeah. ask, we both had Chris Paul on our team for around the same amount of time. What's your opinion of him? So I'm glad you asked that. I appreciate it that you asked that. And I think Chris Paul gets a bad rap here in New Orleans because um, – he did ask for a trade. And obviously, you know, the whole Lakers and Clippers thing happened. But, uh, you know, when you lose David West, you trade Tyson Chandler. There was no one around for Chris Paul. And Chris Paul is going into his prime, right, where he was like one of the best point guards in the league. And, you know, the franchise had lost their owner. They were in limbo and all this different kind of stuff. Chris Paul didn't want to be here, and I didn't blame him for it. And he did it the right way. He asked for a trade. He was very upfront unlike Anthony Davis. So I have no ill will towards Chris Paul. He still has charities down here in New Orleans. He still always shouts us out. You know, like he's a great guy. Uh, I have absolutely no problem with Chris Paul. And I know uh, Griffin tried to give him, you know, three years, 30 plus mil to get him back to New Orleans until he signed with Phoenix. But uh, I, one of my favorite players, one of my favorite teams was him, uh, Peja, Tyson Chandler. I think it was Morris yeah. Peterson. That was a fun team, uh, and they lost a, lost in seven to San Antonio uh, yeah. in the quarterfinals. But that was a that was literally, I think, New Orleans' most favorite team. I was I was um. So would you say you put it more on the management? The whole Chris Paul thing. You think that you guys just didn't give him enough support? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, Chris Paul did it the right way. He, you know, he played six seven years, played his ass off. He went through Katrina. He, you know, he played in Oklahoma City. He was great for that team as well. And then came back, stuck around, um, and had great success. With the, Horn, uh, with the Hornets, and, you know, I think he took them to either four playoff appearances or something along, along the lines, and, you know, they beat Dallas that one year, lost to San Antonio in seven. Then they played the Lakers, I think, next year with actually Willie Green uh, on the team, and, you know, they beat Co- – I think they took them to six games in the Lakers. I think the Lakers might have won that uh, championship, but he was just always like a grinder, a guy I appreciate. He, like, he just wanted to win, did everything the right way, and, like – same thing with the Clippers. Like the guy, like, yeah, he might be a little bit of a flopper and things like that. But at the end of the day, the guy wants to win and I can get with that any day. Yeah. I feel the same way. A lot of, Cl- and it's kind of similar here. A lot of Clipper fans feel a lot of ill will towards him. I personally don't. I think that, you know, the same Clipper fans that complained about Glenn Rivers being our coach are the same ones getting mad at him for wanting to leave Glenn Rivers. I just think that you got to put yourself in his shoes a little bit. Sure. Especially when, as you said, his prime was ending. 
he realized he's the best team. The Warriors were in full effect with Kevin Durant. And he said himself, we're not competing. If I'm not trying to compete to win a championship, you know, what am I doing? So I, I really – and look, we came out of it a better organization too, yeah. so I'm not mad about it yeah. at all. I also wanted to ask, though, because I also do the Laker content all the time here in L.A., Anthony Davis. I wanted, I wanted to ask you about that. So what – you know, Anthony Davis, you guys came off that that 2018 Pelicans team was a team that I enjoyed watching so much. Rondo, Drew Holiday, and then Miritich and AD in that first round against Portland destroyed them and then actually won a game off the Warriors. Next year, AD signs with Clutch midway through the season. He's asking out. Uh, I want to know how that was, especially with you know that second half of the season. AD's playing 10 minutes. You don't want him to get injured. But it was a weird situation. I want to know how it was for – for you guys, because I always hear about the Laker fans talking about, you know, what the Pelicans did wrong. I want to hear from your side. Yeah. So uh, first off, glad you asked. And um, yeah, I, I, I liked Anthony Davis and what he did here. I obviously loved him, but don't like the problem that happened was they go off that playoff run, right? And people, a lot of people forget that Demarcus Cousins tore his uh, tore his Achilles. You know, I think it was in January. It was actually on my birthday, January twenty sixth. And that team was beating the Rockets that night, who was one of the best teams in the league. And they were, like, making that jump, right? And so DeMarcus Cousins went down. They trade for uh, Miritich, and they still sweep the Blazers and things like that. And things are trending in the right direction, um, or so we thought. But what a lot of people don't understand is that Anthony Davis actually requested that trade the day, like, of media day. Like, he requested it in preseason. He didn't do middle of the season. He told his teammates that he wanted to get out. And listen, that's fine. If you don't want to be here, he spent six, seven years here. He was all NBA talent. Like, that's fine. The problem I think that the city of New Orleans has with Anthony Davis is the way he went about it, right? So he requests the trade, all that different kind of stuff. He kind of sits out, like Rich, him and Rich Paul are leaving in the middle of a game. Uh, he's wearing That's All Folks t-shirts. He's very, just very naive, very uh, immature about the whole situation, and then expects us to cheer him when he comes back and plays, and meanwhile, he wants to get out of the city. So like, And then you know he promises, promises the fan base that um, – He's going to give a, a, a thank you Instagram post to the city, which he still has never done, whatever it may be. But like, I don't fault him for wanting to leave, okay? I, I have no problem. And, and if you want to go to the Lakers, I would probably go to the Lakers too. They're one of the best franchises, not only in the NBA, but all of sport. Um, but the way he went about it, I think, is what irks everybody. Uh, the way he went about it was not professional. Him and Rich Paul became these, like, just two negatives of the franchise, which was for no good reason, as to your point, they swept the Portland Trailblazers. They beat the Warriors. Obviously, they lose in five. A lot of people lose to the Warriors. But they were trending in the right direction. For him to randomly just ask out uh, was kind of just a blindside uh, request. And everyone lost respect for him in New Orleans. Yeah, I, did, I didn't actually know the um, media day thing. Yeah, he, he went up to Drew Holiday. Uh, it might have been a media day, but it was definitely preseason. It was definitely before a game was played that he went to Drew Holiday and a couple other players saying that he wanted – to get out of New Orleans. And listen, you give six, seven years of your life to a franchise, that is more than fine. I just don't understand the timing of it. I don't understand uh, the That's All Folks t-shirt. I don't understand a lot of the communication that was lost between Anthony Davis and then general manager Del Dems. Yeah, I just, I also think, you know, coming off your best season with the team and like their best finish is also just tough as a fan to hear him kind of, you know, we finally get somewhere and now you're, you're you want to leave. Right, right. So, listen, he's better for it. We're better for it. Or so we thought. I mean, Anthony Davis is an incredible talent. He's a top 10, top 5 NBA talent. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of Laker and Pelican 
banter on Twitter, which I don't understand. We're not rivals. We're 2,000 miles apart. I have no problem with the Lakers. Uh, but this whole Anthony Davis situation has really turned Lakers fans and Pelicans fans against each other. So let's talk about what came out of that, which was you guys got Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and Lonzo. Um, it's been two years so far. I think a lot of people, including myself, maybe expected a little bit more. The first year was obviously tough. You didn't have Zion very much, had the bubble, and just fell a little short. From my memory, though, I remember a lot of the games. I watched a lot of your games during 2020. You had a lot of close games that you guys just couldn't close out. I think it was very similar to this season. I remember I didn't watch as many, but I watched a good amount of games. And I remember, for example, a game against Charlotte. You guys were up by like 15 points. This was early in the season. A lot of times you didn't close out. And I remember Brandon Ingram, who I'm actually a big fan of, and he's very well liked here. Uh, he has – I know there was that game against Utah a couple years ago where he went went off at the end, but I feel like he sometimes struggles to shut the door. Like he he his intentions are good, but sometimes it seems like he struggles to really just end the game. But I want to know what your perspective of it is. Do you guys lose a lot of close games? Yeah. Uh, first off, I'm a huge Brandon Ingram fan. I love Brandon Ingram. I love his work ethic. I just love him. I love everything about him. love his game and everything like that. But I do think uh, the, the struggles – did consist of uh scheme and players around them. Right. And I think um, we had Steven Adams last year closing out games. And it, when you have Steven Adams and Zion Williamson, those are two guys that are not spacers. Right. So Brandon Ingham is really good at 15 foot pull-ups. He's a good driver and he's a 38, 39% three point shooter, but five minutes or less, like those gaps close. And when you have both Steven Adams and Zion Williamson on the court, there's not a lot of places to go. So I think you saw a lot of Brandon Ingram, taking tough shots, forcing shots, things like that. Should I give the ball to Zion Williamson? Should I not? And then you have Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams, who are just two negatives, right? So, like, everyone's helping off of Eric Bledsoe. Everyone's helping off Steven Adams. And everyone's just migrating towards Zion Williamson and towards Brandon Ingram. So, I think you saw a lot of struggling with that. I also think Stan Van Gundy's offensive scheme was just atrocious the entire year. It was a lot of no off-ball movement. I like to see Brandon Ingram, like what he was great with Alvin Gentry, is a lot of off-ball movement, a lot of pin-down screens, a lot of actions where he can go off of. And I think you're going to see a lot of that with Willie Green this year. Um, but as you know, and as basketball fans know, it's all about space. And that guy doesn't have any space. I think it was um, – I forget it was a guy I follow on Twitter. He's, he's awesome. Uh, I forget his name, of course. But he was talking about the difficulty of shots, and I think Brandon Ingram was in top three in the league of taking difficult shots. Um, I think it's Maples, Jason Maples. Maples, um, Maples. Yeah, love Maples. Uh, he's great. And he is a big BI guy, and he's shown all these stats of the difficulty of shots he's taking and also the spacing. He has no spacing, and he's taking difficult shots. So I think at the end of games, when everyone locks is locked in on Brandon and Zion, that's the struggles you see because he's basically playing two-on-five. Yeah, I mean, listen, I love Lonzo too. I wouldn't say two-on-five, three-on-five. Uh, but when you have Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams and like guys like Derek Favors closing out games, like there's nowhere to go, you know? So I think that's seen some of the struggle this year. I think that will change this year um, because I think JV, uh, Valanciunas is a big upgrade over Steven Adams. Um, and they have a little bit more depth with uh, Trey Murphy, Herb Jones, um, and guys like that. So this year you have Willie Green, uh, former Clipper, by the way, and obviously former Hornet coming yep. to coach your team. You lost Lonzo Ball. I want to know how you – because, you know, who, who did you get back? Thomas Sadoransky. Nobody of – I feel like nobody of his equal worth. Yeah, uh, good question. Listen, I was uh, I was one of the few that defended Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball gets a lot of bad rap in New Orleans, and, and I, 
I'm new to this. I'm only two years old. Uh, but a lot of the Lonzo Ball stands and Pelicans media don't like each other, right? And so um, I thought Lonzo Ball was really good for this team. I think he's a great defender. Clearly, you know, him working with Coach Vincent as the um, shot doctor uh, has really changed his shot, and it's proven, right? He shot 38% back-to-back years, uh, two of his best career years. I miss Lonzo. Um, I think he's a really good basketball player. I think he does a lot of good things. Uh, Confidence-wise, I think as he matures – uh, he'll be a lot better for it. And I think that was the biggest rap on him. I think when he had a bad couple games, he'd get in his head, things like that, and kind of shut down. Um, but a lot of the Pelicans media didn't like him. And I, and I couldn't understand why. And they think that overpaying Zion four year or Lonzo four years, 80 million, whatever he got in Chicago, I thought that would have been a nice deal for him and to pair him and to kill Alexander Walker in the backcourt with Zion and Brandon Ingram. But, you know, Goes to Chicago. I think he's in a great situation now, but I truly love Lonzo. I think he's a he's a good kid. Um, he's he's a good player. He's gonna be a really really good player for that team this year. So what I'm confused as looking at your roster is, do you think how much better do you think you guys got? You know, with Willie Green's trade, with JV coming in for Stephen Adams, you yeah. think that JV's? I've, I remember him. You know, shooting a lot of those short corner threes in Memphis, which I get. Uh, I guarantee he'll probably be sitting there a lot with you know, clearing the lane for Zion and Ingram to do work in the middle of the floor. Do you think that it's going to be all the difference? Like this is going to be the, cause here's another thing. I don't know who's your starting like point guard. I know Brandon Ingram is going to be bringing up the ball a lot, but I just feel as though the backcourt position is a little bit of a, a question mark for me, just as a neutral fan looking at your team this year. Listen, And that's a fair question. And going into this year, um, Zion Williamson was going to be the point guard, right? Now, Nikhil Alexander Walker and Devontae Graham would have been there, but that is, we just we just did a podcast. That's a major question. You know, Zion's out, and I don't think he'll be returning for another month, in my opinion. Um, this is off injuries, or is this just his? What's what's going on here with Zion? He isn't running. He hasn't ran. He's he has he's literally hasn't done any physical activity for three months. He broke his foot, and we know from what we were told by David Griffin in June. Um, there have been no updates until yesterday, two weeks ago. Both he and David Griffin at media day said he'd be ready for opening day. Report comes out yesterday, he still hasn't ran. He's over 315 pounds right now. Uh, coming off of a broken foot, that big of a frame, um, and hasn't ran in over three months, I think it's going to be a major problem. I don't see Zion Williamson playing for at least another month for this team, which then goes back to what is the backcourt because you have Devontae Graham to kill Alexander Walker, and Trey Murphy's really emerged. And I think actually Trey Murphy will start this year, but I think your backcourt going into game one is going to be Devontae Graham to kill Alexander Walker. Um, because this team was banking on Zion Williamson to be the kind of guy, you know, be your four, but be your one as well, right, in transition and things like that. He's not going to be there. So that leaves a major hole in the Pelicans' backcourt because Nikhil Alexander-Walker isn't a point guard. Uh, he's not a great decision maker. Uh, he's still young, but he, he he's on record saying he'd rather play the two. Devontae Graham, he's a decent point guard, but undersized, uh, defensive liabilities, streaky shooter. You can really fill it up, but um, – you know, with your starting backcourt, Devontae Graham and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, I don't know how far you plan on going in the West. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that might be one of the – that's not that great of a starting backcourt. Yeah, and I think, you know, I saw – one thing I noticed, I mean, Zion, when he gets when he gets around the pain, I mean, he's as Incredible. As, as great as it gets. But one thing I noticed is he's a little, a little slow on defense that I noticed last year. What do you think yeah. about your defensive – as you know, defensive issues as a team, you guys were, I think around, you know, bottom third of the league in defensive rating last year. So I just want to know, you know, 
considering everything you said, Zion being out, the backcourt issues, obviously you have a better coach, probably an upgrade at the five. What's your honest pick for how, where you guys going to place this year? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I was optimistic coming into the season, but the Zion Williamson and, and um, that kind of news, I, I, I really honestly can't see this team more than a 10 or 11 seed, to be honest with you. I, they don't have the depth. Uh, their backcourt's a question. They got a new head coach, a uh, rookie head coach. You know, how much can Brandon Ingram, how much can he shoulder? I mean, it's going to be a, a – imagine, God forbid, but if Brandon Ingram goes down, this team last night, the last two games, has played without Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. They've lost by 37 and 30. Obviously, it's preseason, but, you know, any any team lose two All-Stars is going to do that. But at the end of the day, they're not they're not deep. Um, there's two – they're all-world talents hurt – and Brandon Ingram is uh, going to get his 25 and things like that. But seeing has a long way to go. Uh, a lot of questions going into this pre, uh, going into the regular season starting next week. So I see 10 seed maybe at best if Zion can get back and healthy and he stays healthy all the year, then it could be eight, eight to 10 is what I have it at. Yeah, I had you guys around the 10 or 11. I honestly just put you guys at 11 just because I have a little bit of a. I just put the – this is kind of just biased. I just put the Minnesota Timberwolves in my tent because Patrick Beverly – and I used to like Carlton Anthony <laughs> Towns in college a lot. Sure. So I wanted to give them – and, I, I, you know, D'Angelo Russell is another one with Brandon Ingram that's pretty well liked here in L.A. Uh, the Laker fans really got behind them. And then, yeah. obviously, they, they got traded out of nowhere. So I really do root for Cad and D'Lo and uh, Patrick Beverly. But if I had to be honest, I do think the Pels will probably finish better just because the Timberwolves have just been such a – you know – They've just been ever besides that year with Jimmy Butler in 2018. They've just been as unreliable a franchise as it gets. So yeah, I, I think if you're a Pels fan, I'd say you know you got to hope for that those playing spots. I think that hopefully you end up there and have a chance to compete for some postseason some action. Yeah, and I, I completely agree. But the whole Zion news really just flips the script on this whole season because we're going to go as far as he can. Him and Brandon. I mean, that's just there are two guys, and when one of those guys goes out, well, you know, someone's have to step up. And we just talked about this. Hopefully, Trey Murphy steps up, or Devontae Graham, or maybe even Herb Jones, uh, JV Valanciunas, maybe you know a guy we didn't talk about is Jackson Hayes, uh, who's had a brutal off season, and a guy was picked tenth overall, and he hasn't really flourished. Really, uh, he's been. Um, unfortunately in some um off-season trouble and and he's missed both now summer league and preseason so i don't really know what to think about him but he, he's another guy that hopefully can fill the void with when zion's out so a lot of question marks there's a lot yeah and i also um i just wanted to end it on one thing as well uh so we got eric bledsoe back i know he obviously was not good in his shooting guard kind of role he you know stan van gundy used him as a floor spacer that's never been what he's good at nope. uh did he do anything positive Ooh, <laughs> that's tough tough answer um in my opinion no um i don't think he did there was uh, an instance in new york it was, a, it, was a, it was a win or go home it was basically a, a must-win situation um pelicans were up three in the fourth quarter uh, i forget who drives it and uh we were supposed to foul Eric Bledsoe in the pre- the post game presser says, "Yeah, I didn't hear that. I guess I wasn't paying attention." When you say that and you're saying you're not paying attention, you're 12, 13 year vet. Um, I don't have really any <laughs> feelings than just to get the hell out. Like you can't. I, I and mean, I'm sure he'll actually probably be really good for uh, the Clippers this year. So, I mean, uh, you know, we'll we'll see. Uh, I don't. Yeah, we'll I just I just think that. You know, I'm actually kind of a little disappointed. I was hoping that Ty Lu would say he was coming off the bench because he hasn't been a bench player since he was with us the first time, which I honestly think is a much better role for him. 
Yeah. Right now, I think he's going to start in the back row of Reggie Jackson. I will say this. Our spacing is like night and day compared to you guys. Um, and hopefully – I'm just hoping he can get in the – get beat people off the dribble with an open paint and get some baskets and maybe some kick right. out. Because that's what he was good at, right? Yeah. And, you know, in, in, in Milwaukee and Phoenix and things like that, he was very explosive. You never saw that. And that goes back to our previous point of there were no driving lanes with Steven Adams and Zion Williamson clogging the paint. The paint. Like, you can't go anywhere. And that's why I think Lonzo got a, a you know unfair rap too is because there's just nowhere to go. It's all about space. And I think he'll be fine in L.A. I really do. Uh, it's going to piss everybody off in New Orleans. But – when you get to a winning culture and a, and a championship caliber team, you kind of buy in, and I don't think he ever bought in uh, in New Orleans. It still feels weird hearing "winning culture" in reference to the, my Clippers. And hey, we were—I ju- was just talking about that, but the Clippers have been a winning franchise for close to a decade now. So you're—you know—you have a winning culture, and hopefully one day the Pelicans can get there. I just don't see it very soon, unfortunately. Well, I mean, I hope the best for you guys. I would. Uh, Give yourself a shout out out here so people can find you. I really, yeah, pro- hopefully, we'll be collabing again. I bet you we will. I really enjoyed talking, to, you know, always down to talk to authentic fans of a team, especially local fans. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Thanks. You know, once again, I think we linked up maybe six months ago. I appreciate I love your content, love your show, and Propel Talk on Twitter and Instagram. If you ever want to follow us, I know we get a lot of national media hype. So, uh, we're over down here in New Orleans. So, thanks for having us, and um, definitely would love to link up uh, sooner or later. Yes, sir. Thank you. Take care.